the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back as we head into hour three. It is a delight to have back in studio with me um, the, I think, most dynamic uh, public policy expert in the state of Arizona. He is Sam Stone. Blessedly, he is also running not just to um, think and talk about the things that he cares about, but to do something about him. He is a candidate for city council in Phoenix uh, Council District 6. He has the endorsement of Sal DeCicio. Sal DeCicio is vacating that office. And uh, if um, if all my wishes come true, Sam Stone will be uh, replacing uh, Sal DeCicio in our city council. You can find out more about him and help his campaign out by going to Sam Stone Vote. Sam Stone vote. Sam, welcome back to the studio, man. Seth, thank you so much. Always a pleasure. You fire on a lot of pins. You also have a radio show in your own, right? Tell the audience about that. Yeah, so tune in uh, Saturdays, 3 p.m. right here uh, and catch our Breaking Battlegrounds uh, radio show and podcast. So we're always doing interviews with national newsmakers, state lawmakers. Uh, it's I, I think becoming one of the top rated weekend shows in the in the Phoenix area at this point and in and, some other states now too right yeah no we're oh. we're actually now in five different states That's with great. that program, which is incredible um it it always seems it's it's odd to me when you say like hey Sam's one of these these policy leaders, I'm like, ah, I'm just a guy who reads a lot. Well, <laughs> you know? It's a good start. It's a good start. You'd be amazed. Well, no, you wouldn't. But a lot of people would be amazed how many policy leaders don't read much. You're like me. We don't have local shows. We have national shows that are based here locally. That's right. And look, I used to say, and everyone used to say, right, all politics is local. Yeah. But all politics now is national. Yeah. I think that's right, too. I think that's right. We can get into some of that because the 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 way I'm trying to communicate to voters a little less than a month into, uh, before the election is there's another bumper sticker, which is um, I think it came from the, the, the left originally. But it was uh, let's see, uh, think globally, act locally. And I think I think that that's a perfect message for us to don't don't let a school board race go away. Or fall by the wayside. Don't let the gosh knows county attorneys race. That's the one I'm really pushing on as well right now. And you should be, and yeah. I'm glad you are, yeah. because that that does not get enough attention. Right. But Julie Gunnigal is a really terrifying right. choice as Maricopa County prosecutor. You're talking about someone who will not prosecute criminals and is proud to tell you that. Yep. Um, I'm sorry. Do not let this become San Francisco or New York City. Uh, you know, and that's you, the race that defines it. that right. and, frankly, the city council races. Th- those city two, council and county attorney are what we – what others call district attorney, what we call county – that's what defi- – that's the edge of the spear on this That's going to set the tone yep. for everything else. Yep. I mean, obviously, the city – where the city of Phoenix goes, the valley goes, yep. uh, the state goes yep. because they, they – I mean, look, it's you know 524 square miles, 1.7 million people. It is a huge – political beast yeah and and they have way too much power yeah let's talk about the other political beast the media for a moment uh which is the local media here and what they did yesterday i opened my show with i threw everything out when i saw the news and i just opened my show on a cold open on this issue 
So I'm watching on Sunday uh, Face the Nation, and they have uh, eight minutes for Katie Hobbs and eight minutes for Carrie Lake independent, separately. And uh, Major Garrett, I think it was Major yep. Garrett, who asked uh, Katie Hobbs three times why she wouldn't uh, debate Carrie Lake. The answers didn't make sense. The last one was so interesting, though. The last time he asked, the third time he asked her, she said, well, you know, our schedule's set and we don't really have uh, any any wiggle room to, to, to afford time in the schedule for a debate. And then I walk into the studio a couple minutes before broadcast yesterday and I see, whoa, KAET, Channel 8, which hosts these debates, has been doing it for decades, governor's races, other races. They, um, though she wouldn't uh, agree to debate with the Clean Elections Commission's partnership through Channel 8, Channel 8 is going to give her a 30-minute interview, just like she wanted and just like her lawyers argued for, and just as the Clean Elections Commission said, was not tolerable. Sam, this is a shame and a stain on Channel 8. Oh, it it is an absolute embarrassment, and it starts at the very top at ASU uh, with the Cronkite School. We understand uh, it, for those folks who don't know, I'm also policy director for Cary Lake, Fair so I'm, I'm deeply vested in this stuff. Um, from what we understand, this came down from leadership at the Cronkite School to KET and said, oh, you know, we don't care what the Clean Elections Commission says. You need to go ahead and give Katie Hobbs 30 minutes also because – KAET is housed at the Cronkite School. Right. People need to – Yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. – and, um, so it's – I mean it's effectively a, an arm of the Cronkite School to train their young reporters and that sort of thing. And And so that word came down. Now, the Clean Elections Commission has always maintained a policy where – Candidates, every candidate on the ballot is offered the opportunity to come for these debates. And if candidates turn it down and only one of them accepts, uh, they will give that candidate, instead of an hour long debate, they'll give that candidate 30 minutes of sole airtime. And that's the. they were willing to do it. Right. They were willing to show up. And that's the penalty for the candidate who doesn't show up and the reward for the one who said they would. And Carrie Lake all along has said anytime, anytime, anywhere, we'll clear our schedule. I guarantee you, because I've been on this campaign for a year and a half and I've seen both candidates operate, I guarantee you Carrie Lake's schedule has three to four times as many appearances per day as Katie Hobbs does. <laughs> you I don't mean, see her spending no, time outside alone no, with a soda and a burger no. doing nothing. I mean, Katie Hobbs yeah. is hiding in bathrooms I, to avoid questions, I, eating at a table by herself. I, Carrie I, Lake hasn't had a meal by herself in a year and a half. I, I thought about that, too. I, I mean, I like, this is just ridiculous. And, and we have said clearly over and over, Carrie has said, whatever's on my schedule doesn't matter. If you're willing to come and debate, we'll do it. She's offered to let Katie Hobbs campaign right the questions. Yeah, that's right. That's I mean, right. literally, and, and that's, I mean, made that offer numerous times publicly. That's standing out there. Said anywhere, any place, anytime. You pick the moderator. You write the questions. Anything you want, we will get up on that stage with you. And Katie Hobbs won't do it. And it's not about schedule. It's not about anything else. It's about the fact that if you watch that Face the Nation or if you watch anything else Katie Hobbs has done, she cannot talk. I mean, she is the least articulate candidate in the country right now. She- I put her between John Fetterman and Joe Biden. Well, John Fetterman, at least, and Joe Biden have excuses. Okay, fair enough. Like, fair like, enough. I mean, yeah. literally, you're yeah. talking about a stroke victim yeah. and a guy with, with uh, senior. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, he, he's he's clearly in a mental degradation. Yeah. And here's Katie Hobbs, who, like you said, is somewhere between those two. Mm-hmm. You with can, no excuse. With no excuse at all. Yeah. I mean... It's bad. And she was known. Look, let's be honest. Katie Hobbs was known around the Capitol when she was a legislator as a lightweight. 
she's not someone who who knows someone brought politics. this up yesterday uh yes she spent a lot of time in the legislature and then becomes secretary of state and is now angling to become governor it's it's really a perfectly uh illustrative uh example of the peter principle someone succeeding to certain levels of incompetence here but we have to stop it here. Well, absolutely. I think it, it will stop here. It's also emblematic of something else the Democrats have been doing really since 2004. They, this is actually a defined strategy on their part is they don't have competitive primaries. Yeah. They, they right. What they do is politics. It's it's uh, musical chairs with assigned seating. Mm-hmm. OK. I and like so, that. you know, they, 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 they go around, they make a bunch of noise and then they all sit down where they're told to. And that's how Katie Hobbs has gotten to this point. By the way, that gives lie. That whole point gives lie to the Katie Hobbs excuse that she doesn't want to give Carrie Lake a platform for whatever she claims Carrie Lake will do in those platforms because Katie Hobbs refused to debate Marco Lopez in the primary, her primary opponent, who would have wiped the floor with her. Yes, and that's the point. It's the the exact same reason. Marco Lopez would have wiped the floor with her. And you saw Democrats. They cut Lopez off from the money. He had the gall to step up and say, no more assigned seating. I I want my turn. I I want to step up. I want to dance. And they cut him off from all the funding. They dropped the most ridiculous 3,000-word hit piece I have ever seen on him from the Arizona Republic. Is that right? I, I don't remember Oh, my remember God. It. I mean, it was terrible. Huh? They're literally, like, trying to claim he has cartel ties because some guy that he did business with 10 years ago got, like, 500 bucks from some some other company that had cartel ties. Like, what are you even talking about? Right. Right. You know. Marco Lopez is a perfectly decent guy, and he's also a charismatic, well-spoken guy, and he was going to clean, mop the floor with Katie Hobbs, sure. and they weren't going to allow that. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we get the complaints. Maybe we talked about this last time. I take the complaints. I'm sure you hear it all the time, too, um, during primary season. Boy, there's a lot of Republican signs. There just ain't a lot of Democratic Party signs. No, and that's, it. that's they, it. Look, this is actually – I mean, this is, part, this is part of the blueprint, the the book – for democratic operations that came out of Colorado after 2004, where they said, we're, we're going to stop putting money into competitive primaries, particularly in our big blue coastal states, and we're going to flood that money into Colorado, and we're going to take a red state and turn it blue. And they did. And then they moved on in 2010 and 2012 to Nevada, and they did the same thing there. And Arizona, if you noticed, uh, f- four years ago, we started seeing a lot more money coming in on the Democrat side in this state. Well, we're the next domino. Yeah. So they're just going down the row in these western western states, western inland states, and we're next. And so that's what they're doing. And they play musical chairs to to ensure that there's never any any uh, rancor coming out of a primary, and that no one has to spend any money to get out of a primary. That's right. And they have all that money left over to uh, fight in the general because they aren't using it in the primary. I'm Seth Liebson. He is Sam Stone. He is a candidate for city council here in Phoenix. Wouldn't you like someone with this mind and this um, this puissance to be representing you and being that stop to us being Californianized or Coloradoized? Samstone.vote is his website. I'm Seth Liebson, and he and I will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. Coming back with the song uh, that we went out with, Orange Colored Sky, Nat King Cole, with my guest, Sam Stone. Samstone.vote is his website, candidate for city council. He was saying during the break uh, some stuff about the Orange Colored Sky song. I I love it, so I wanted to share it with the audience. Well, so as, as people who know me closely know, I'm a geek and a gamer. 
Okay. Uh, and that song takes me directly back to Fallout 3. Okay. Uh, that's, that song became hugely popular among younger generations who had never heard it before. No kidding. Because it was one of the central songs that's used in Fallout 3, which – and then Fallout 4, they use it also – um, which is it's a post-apocalyptic world that envisions a world that had gone um, – used nuclear technology for everything by the 1950s and then was wiped out in, nucle- in a nuclear war. And you know the descendants of this are struggling to survive in a worldwide wasteland. And the sky and, is orange-colored, I'm right, guessing. And, so, and they play all these songs from the 1950s uh-huh. and 1940s like that um, as the soundtrack over it, right? So – Kids have gotten a little taste of 1950s, 1940s musical culture from that and probably have no idea it's Nat King Cole or Orange Colored Sky. It's a fantastic song. It's a fantastic song. I geek out, too. I don't do it with gaming. I do it with music. The reason I like that song so much, because it is a catchy, I like the backup band because the trumpet section is led by the best trumpeter ever, Maynard Ferguson. you got Shelley Mann in the band. I just love that. There is there's a, po- a website, a podcast. There is a channel of two young guys. I think they're African-American guys that are going through some old music they never heard before. They're going through like Frank Sinatra. And, uh, so, so that, this and they're is actually, rediscovering all this great stuff. This right? is a whole genre on YouTube, actually, which is reaction videos of, the, of primarily the younger generation yeah. reacting to stuff from the past. That they never heard before. Right. No. And, and you'd be surprised. I mean, I, it makes me feel old, right? <laughs> because they're reacting to stuff from the late 80s and 90s right. even. Right. What that we they've never on. heard before. And I'm like, Man, I was. That should not be classic rock, right? <laughs> I'm like, man, I, I could go to a bar legally yeah. uh, before that came out. Yeah. Now you're making me feel really I old. I know. I know the feeling. Sam Stone is our guest, samstone.vote. He can talk about gubernatorial politics. He can talk about city politics. He can talk about gaming and music. Talk about uh, city politics for a few moments if we can, uh, Sam. Uh People think about city council is we did this a little before. It's worth doing again. People think about city council as filling potholes, making sure the garbage picked up, and there is all that. There is the mechanics of that's running. City. That's what it's supposed to be. That's what it's supposed to be. But we look around and we see that even that's not happening. We look around. One of my uh, pet interests, and I know a deep one of yours as well, is you see parts of the city. Becoming areas of social destruction, human and social destruction. We talk about the Ninth Avenue problem a lot, Jefferson and Ninth in that area a lot. But it's expanding all day long up and down an area you know, 16th Street. It's kind of almost almost built more north of Bethany Road. It's yeah. certainly a nice area, old Phoenix. I saw a person sleeping on the sidewalk from 6 this morning to on my way into the studio. No one doing a thing. Um, this is this is something that the city council needs to take up as well. And I think the reason this happens is busybodies and progressives have lost sight of the things they're supposed to do, gotten involved in all kinds of things they're not, and the basics fall apart and by the wayside. Oh, that's exactly what's happening, Seth. I mean, look, I think we mentioned this maybe last week. I don't know. But but um, education, uh, the soul of yeah. education is the repetition. Ta- of taxes it, yeah. are designed, obviously, to scale, right? So as your economy grows, as your population grows, your tax uh, tax income for your local government increases, right? So why has Phoenix had to had to raise taxes every literally? I think it's seventeen out of the last eighteen years with an they, increasing tax base, right? right? Yeah, with an increasing right. tax base, it's right. growing like crazy. Right. 
Um, the average job created in Phoenix about 10, 10 years ago paid about $43,000. The average job created in 2020, 2019 paid about $73,000. So Phoenix is taking in more revenue than they have ever seen before. Now, look around. We used to have really well-maintained streets. Our streets are a mess. The, they just had a big issue with garbage collection. Um, they're struggling with now with garbage collection. They weren't able to complete bulk trash collection. So you got people all over the city now with, with huge piles of bulk trash out in front of their house that hasn't been picked up. I've seen it. Um, all this stuff is happening because the city, like so many other liberal-run cities, is doing all this stuff that has no relation to what city government is. And yesterday was a perfect example with a council that went around and spent all its time – on a proclamation, basically, that has no significance whatsoever, that Phoenix is not going to participate in anything that limits abortion. Okay. Well, talk that, to me about what? Yeah, I mean, that this is they spent hours and hours and hours of city council time on this yesterday, and, and this and is so. Like, in what? I mean, what would the effect of such a thing be? Nothing. Okay. Absolutely nothing. Just to be so. on the record. To be on the record. To be just to be on the record. To be progressive. Okay. And. You know, and then, but you're going to end up spending. They're literally will end up spending money because they're going to be promoting that they're doing this, and they're going to be talking. I mean, Can you, you know, see a corporation wanting to pull out of Phoenix yeah. based on this proclamation? I can, or a conference not coming here? Yeah, I can absolutely. I, can see that. I mean, you can see that. But also, look, you had staff and staff. I mean, every hour staff spends on something costs money. It's time that could be used doing something productive, and so you had staff time, which was spent over several months. Um, Grinding this out with attorneys and all this. They may have spent money on outside attorneys for consultations, all this other stuff. They've spent all this time going around on this instead of worrying about how who's going to get out there and pick up that ball trash. Now, which one was their job? Their job was to go out and pick up the dang garbage. That was their job, and they failed. And meanwhile, they're out throwing around a proclamation. You know what the city of Phoenix involvement is with, with uh, abortion? It's that an abortion clinic is zoned medical office or hospital. Okay. That's exactly it. That's the only involvement we have is where you can put one under our zoning code. When Roe versus Wade came down, it did not take the power from city councils. It took them from state legislators well, and right. governors. When the Dobbs decision came down, it did not return it to city councils. It returned it to state legislators and governors. That is entirely correct. And this is my point about getting involved in things they have no business getting involved in and letting the things that they should be involved in, which is their basic job, go by the way. Right, and that's what they're doing over and over and over. There's going to be a big rollout you're going to see coming very soon where they're going to be putting electric vehicle charging stations on all the streets around downtown in particular, just like parking meters, right? Well, let's just go go over a couple of things. Have you seen our ability to maintain those parking meters? I laughed because I couldn't get to an event because it took me 10 minutes to try and deal with one. Seth, I was literally downtown today uh, for a thing with Carrie Lake, and I had to park on the street with one of our meters, and the meter is sun-baked, yeah. so I can't read the screen. That, that, was, that was my problem, yeah. and it wouldn't take my card, right. and I just had to chance. Let me take a quick commercial break, Sam. We'll come right back. Sam Stone and I will be right back. Samstone.vote is his website, uh, candidate for city council, endorsed by Sal DeCicio, for what it's worth, endorsed by me as well. He's Sam, and I'm Seth, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Sam Stone is my in-studio guest, samstone.vote, because he's running for city council, but he wears a lot of hats in town and uh, has tipped a few of them with us uh, over the course of uh, the past few 
couple few segments. Uh, city Council and city business and those parking meters, Sam. Yeah, why did, is that a huge source of res- an important source of revenue for the city? It's, it's not. It seems huge. to me more people would go downtown if it were less hard to park. It, it's not huge, but it is a source of revenue. Okay. I mean, it is a revenue generating program, okay. right? Um, and yeah, they've done some things. Now you have the online app you can use yeah. if you're familiar with that and you've yeah. downloaded it and all that. It's kind of hard. I have to tell you, right? No, it is, and especially a lot of places downtown. One of the one of the bad secrets about five G is that it doesn't work all that well in areas where you have a lot of glass and tower buildings. That would be it. Okay. So a lot of the phone connection down there, I mean, they're adding 5G towers like every other. Because that's where you realize you need the app. When you get downtown, you're in front of all these buildings, and then you have to download it. Now you have to figure out how to get this downloaded and set up and all that kind of thing. Um, Look, they can't maintain parking meters, right? They have a contract, but it ends up being a disaster. You've seen those those share bikes that they have downtown. That's a city program that was supposed to bring in money. It's totally subsidized. Uh, you know, they finally just gave up on it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this is what we ha- what we're going to do, and you're going to do it with a much more complicated, expensive item in electric vehicle charging stations, and it's going to be a disaster. There's no reason for it. There's literally billions of dollars sitting on the sideline in venture capital right now, ready to come in and build those things. A friend of mine and uh, someone you have met, Mark, uh, people, he's the one who got me involved in the homeless stuff. He was in. Um San Jose, California the other day, which I believe is the third largest city in California, maybe top 10 in the country possibly. Pretty darn big. Yeah. They talked, sent me a picture. I was trying to pull it up. I don't have it. 10 a.m. San Jose, totally empty, totally devoid of anyone walking around, anything going on, anything being done. That's one thing. Then there's the other thing where you have San Francisco or Oakland and you're paying people to pick up. The city is paying people large sums, in some cases close to six figures, to pick up human excrement. Um, This can happen here, Sam, right? Well, this is happening here. I mean, this is – look, the zone – at first it was, oh, this is only this small area. You know, around the human services campus. Well, the zone keeps growing. It keeps yeah. infecting more neighborhoods. It's on 16th Street. Go, yeah. go up 16th Street. Go up, uh, especially the along the I-17 corridor. Oh, yeah. I mean, that is just one giant zone all the way up. Um, we have literally there are homeless encampments in Pine, right? Pine and Strawberry. Yeah. They're all over the state now. This is not just one area. And, and look, this comes down to a government policy of enabling, as, as you and I know, enabling chronic street homelessness, drug use, and mental illness, not treating it. Am I wrong when I drive by – it's been a couple of weeks, but I drove by something like Indian Steel Park, I think it was, uh, some weeks ago. It's overgrown. It's unmaintained. Am I wrong to think that that, too, is a mistake? That this, It's an enormous mistake. Yeah, it portrays – a sense of uh, 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 carelessness. Uh, we don't care. Anything can happen here. We're not going to maintain. It's really the beginning of broken windows, just letting letting a neighborhood become a neighborhood of boarded up windows, uh, decrepit paint, decrepit buildings, and overgrown uh, overgrown parks with, with no maintenance. This is a problem, right? This yeah. is how it starts. Blight, blight is contagious. No. You know, if if a park catches blight the way Steel Indian School Park has, then businesses and private areas around there are going to start looking a lot the same. Yeah. 
and then more and more. That's going to be used to it. You get inured yeah. to it. You get numb to Th- it. This was before Rudy Giuliani. This was the entirety of New York City, and it's becoming the entirety of New York City again. Yeah. And people might feel that that Mayor Giuliani was too tough, yeah. but he wasn't. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, what you have to understand is that when you're letting someone commit small level crimes there's a very good chance that they're then going to go commit a more significant crime, that they're going to get to the point of committing violent crime and potentially even deadly crime. Yep. And when you let blight start in a park, pretty soon it's going to overtake a city. Yep. And we have seen this over and over and over. And every, you know, the, eventually there is a pushback. Residents just start saying enough's enough. I don't or care. Or they leave. Or they leave. And that's... But the ones that stay behind will. I mean, even in like Seattle and Portland and San Francisco now, residents are pushing back on this. Let me talk to you about what cities do well and do it right. You know, when we come back from this break, Sam, a recent visit to uh, Santa Barbara, for example. Okay, not everyone can afford to live there, but I'll tell you, it didn't look like San Francisco to me. And San Francisco once looked like Santa Barbara. I'm Seth Leibs and he's Sam Stone. His website, samstone.vote. We all got our ballots. Vote for Sam Stone. Help him out at the website, samstone.vote. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Are you worried about stock market volatility, especially with Joe Biden in office? What if you could invest in a portfolio with a strong fixed rate of return, no correlation to the stock market? If you're looking for such a unique investment opportunity, check out my friends and show sponsors, Y-Refi. They're offering a great investment in a secure and collateralized portfolio with an up to 10.25% return for investors. The investment can be in an IRA, it can be in a trust, it can be a joint investment, it can be an individual investment. Y-Refi is a due diligence approved firm. It's made up of really great guys who do really well by doing good for others. And you can be a part of that too. Check them out at investyrefi.com. The word invest, the letter Y, R-E-F-Y.com. Or give them a call at 855-316-3087, 855-316-3087. Never a sales pitch. Sam Stone, you, uh, you have a sales pitch uh, to the city of Phoenix because you are running for city council. I hope you win. Thank people you. can learn more about you. Betcha. People can learn more about you at samstone.vote. For the break, San Francisco wasn't always San Francisco. Seattle, as we have come to know it, wasn't always Seattle. So I was over the summer I was in Santa Barbara, one of my favorite places, and I thought, you know, this is a gorgeous place, and this is what walking around San Francisco looked like to me when I went there to visit as a kid, and you can't find places like that in San Francisco anymore. No. Um, Phoenix is kind of yes and no, man. It's well, kind of teetering. We're, we're trending in that same direction oh. because we're doing all the same things that San Francisco, Seattle, Portland, and these others have been doing. Our programs are identical. And, I mean, they're, they're referred to in the same way. They're funded by the same mechanisms. And they have the same total lack of accountability for the outcomes. And so, I mean, it's so bad that literally when you do get someone like off the streets who's a longtime street homeless uh, down there, literally they end up doing like a feature piece in the newspaper on that individual because that's so rare, uh-huh. right? Like that's not the way they bill it, yeah. but that's what happens. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. like 20 years ago, the cities you're talking about, San Francisco, yeah. Seattle, Portland, Oregon, these were the most beautiful, yeah. most wonderful 
cities in the country to visit. I went to school. Uh, yeah, sad- you grew up in that whole area. Yeah, sadly, o- over 20 years ago now, I went to school in Portland, Oregon, oh. and it was one of the most incredible places you could possibly ever have gone right. to, to school at that time. Right. It was phenomenal. Yeah. San Francisco, phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Seattle, phenomenal. Today, you do not want to go and visit those places. One of the interesting observations, a friend of mine, you may or may not know, uh, Tevi Troy, lives in D.C., you see his pieces in the Wall Street Journal now and again, but he was in San Francisco recently, and he said he, said, he observed something I, didn't, I hadn't thought of. He said, you know, the thing he noticed, no children. No children. That's indicative of something, too, isn't it? Yeah. We, I mean, you had actually, I think yesterday I was reading a little thing about Mark Wahlberg, who mm-hmm. just moved his family from Los Angeles to Nevada, mm-hmm. uh, to Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. And, you know, his kids are, are high school age. Uh, one of them, I think, is 19 and in college. But um, the reason he moved was to get them out, you know, essentially to get them out of that environment, to have a better place to, to finish growing up. Because it is damaging to children. And nobody with kids or small kids wants to be around that. I mean, if you're having to walk your kid to school over a, a, a minefield of used needles and uh, passed out, nodded off uh, drunks and druggies, I'm sorry. You're, what are you teaching your children? What are they learning from mm-hmm. this? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is horrible. It's a horrible experience. These kids are going to going to have i mean they will have scars from this they will remember this let me illustrate this for people you've been to the border yeah it's awful and you see everything you just said horrific you go to ninth avenue in jefferson i hate to say it it looks worse it It is worse worse than the border it is worse so one of the funny things on the border, it's not really exact well the drugs might be related but it's not the same population you have all these folks who are coming here and one of their claims to asylum that they're using and they've all been taught this by the cartels you know here's the things you say blah 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 one of the things they're saying is, oh, I'm afraid to go home because of the violence right. in my country, right. Right. right? Okay. I think that, that you know, I, if my country was super violent, I would have an issue with that. Well, wait, wait, wait. I'm going to stop you because the murder rate in Detroit, New York, I mean, all these places is higher right. than in these Latin American countries that they're, they're right. supposedly fleeing. Yeah. We've it's become higher. the kind of country we used to send aid to. Right. That's no, what I'm worried about. That's what our inner cities in a large part of this country become. If you're on the south side of Chicago, there's two Chicagos right now, and the pain and suffering bleeds over into the you know the north side and that sort of thing. But at the end of the day, if you're in it, you do not go out at night. But that's the direction. I mean, this is the trajectory. The north side gets invaded. The north side ain't doing the invading. Right. That's the problem. Uh, there are forces of composition and forces of decomposition. It turns out the forces of decomposition are stronger. In part due to will, in part due to politics, a lot in part due to policing. Talk to me about policing. A lot in part due to policing and a lot in part, quite frankly, due to George Soros and the Open Society Foundation, which has funded the anti-police movement. They're the the big original funders behind BLM and the, you know, defund the police thing. They are the funders behind Julie Gunnigal, behind Chris Mays, the anti-prosecutor movement, all of these folks. George Soros is an evil man. Yep. I, I mean, I, 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 say, I say that about very few humans, but that is an evil man. I don't care what his intent is. His outcome is killing people. He is literally a mass murderer at this point for what he has done. And those forces are very well funded and they're expanding and they've learned to, to manipulate, you know, these these. I mean, it's Cronkite, right? Let's go back to 
what we were talking about early with Carrie Lake and the decision to, you know, for PBS to basically cheat the system. Yeah, coming give down a free from, ad to Katie Hobbs. Right, coming down from the Cronkite School of right. Journalism that right. Walter Cronkite would be rolling in his grave. I would think. And they've been taught a, a fallacy of, and many fallacies about this country, and then they're repeating them. And look, as the Soviets proved and others have proved years ago, right, uh, what was the line all the way back to ancient Rome? You send a kid to Rome to be educated and they'll send back a Roman. Yeah. Yeah, right. right I right. mean, this this is what right. they're doing. Uh, yes, on that point, Cronkite. Just for a second, Sam, they're not training students to do what you and I define as journalism. I no. think we have different dictionaries. They believe, I think, they think journalism is supposed to be one sided. No, what is to be outcome oriented? It, it, that is absolutely their intent. That is clearly what they are doing. They do not believe in any sort of fair, balanced media or reporting. This is narrative driving. It is Pravda. And they are shoving it down people's throats. Sam Stone and I will come back and finish the show together. I'm Seth Leibson. Again, you can learn more about Sam and you can help his candidacy out at samstone.vote, samstone.vote. Save Phoenix, save Arizona by doing something positive there. I'm Seth e. Sam. Pardon the alliteration, but we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, and thanks for spending some of your afternoon with us. Few guests make me, uh, put me on my game as much as Sam Stone does when he walks in. I sit up a little taller. I know I'm, uh, I'm dealing with a mind alive and a man of parts. He is running for city council here in Phoenix. Samstone.vote is the website. Uh, Sam, people vote for you, put you in the city council's office. What will they get? They're going to get original ideas. They're going to get an open door uh, and an open mind. And someone who's deeply focused on solutions-based outcomes and not worried about the politics of it so much. Um, People should know that about you by now. Yeah, the pol- no, I mean, the politically correct doesn't happen with you. It's, it's not in my It's not, in my it's not your moral vocabulary. It's not, it's right. not in my right. nature. Right. Um, look, I, I'm happy to step on toes and, and offend people if I need to. I don't like doing it. I like being a nice guy and being friends with everybody. But at the end of the day... I don't care how many times you call me a racist, cisgender cave dweller. My answer to that is going to be I don't think I'm racist, but I'll take the rest of it. Yeah. Um, look, you're going to get someone who's going to fight back against what's going on in all these cities. And you've got a lot of choices in this race. There's eight people on your ballot if you go down there. Um, every single one of them is some version of get along to go along with the left agenda. When they're Except not, me. they're cribbing off your work. Yeah, I've noticed. No, I've I, noticed I, at these forums. Kinda, the forums I've heard that have. before. Oh, it's at Sam Stone's website. Yeah, That's right. I have to pay really close attention in the forums because yeah. if I'm like one of the last people answering, yeah. by the time I get done, I'm having to come up with new talking points. <laughs> right, because they took yours. I am Seth Leapson, folks. Thanks for spending, as I say, some of your day with us. It means a ton. We take none of it or you for granted, whether you let us into your hearts, your heads, your ears, your cars, your living rooms. We thank you. Until tomorrow. I am Seth Leaps, and God bless you all. Class is dismissed. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.